Uh, do you need Dave to give you a ride? It's not a problem. Oh, what's wrong with What's what's wrong with your car? Remember, she's one of those crazy New York people that doesn't drive. Okay, I'm sorry. That that is a Manhattan thing. It's not a New York thing. I'm from New York. We drive places. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother doesn't. My grandma is a 93 year old. You know, that was a very difficult conversation. Like, I didn't realize. You know, the AARP getting them back on the road here. It's, it's nice of you guys to offer, but um, I uh, um, I just got a car. Oh, oh, great! I didn't know you knew how to drive. I learned. Huh. What kind of car? Uh, it's a, a white one. And welcome, welcome. Well, it's just welcome. Just one welcome we usually do here. Just one welcome. Just one welcome. 20%. Of the usual welcome because our our <laughs> our film is twenty percent of the usual runtime, so perhaps even shorter. Maybe it's just a whelk. It could just be a well, a well, a whelk. Whelk. I think a whelk is like a, a villain in a um, like a fantasy thing. W h e l k. A whelk. A whelk's also like a little a sea sea creature, isn't it? Seafood. A whelk. I oh, think. is that really? I think so. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's where I'm getting it from. Okay. Maybe yeah, you can eat whelks. I think. Well, regardless, you can't eat. Well, you can in the sense that this is fun size films where we look <laughs> at fun. We look at short films. We do, and we we say fun size, not to disparage, never to disparage. I, I love a short film. That's what's why we're doing this. Yeah, <laughs> we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't like it's it. It's not because we don't like the art form; very much the opposite. It's uh, and the great thing about short films is short films are accessible, and short films are out there for the public. And literally, the only thing that stops you from listening to the or from watching the short film is just you punching in a search thing into YouTube, knowing they exist. Yeah. We all know how if you do it with feature length films through those illegal sites. Yeah. So do it do it legit. Do it legit through uh support the small YouTube. creators. Yeah, I mean for whatever revenue they get. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. No one makes a short film looking to get filthy rich. No. That's just not a thing. Because that's not the way the monetization system is set up. No, definitely not. Some short film would have to it would have to reach like, have to, like go viral. It would have to do like John Krasinski Good News Network, yeah, kind of numbers yeah, yeah. for the and then, and then he, even he realized cash out now. And the fact that it's just one video as well, and the amount of effort that goes into yeah. a short film for one video on YouTube. But if you well, want to get I, revenue, I, I, you have to. I think put, it's important not to call it one 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 video because this isn't no, a video. It's a video. But, this is a film. But one essentially, what is one upload? One to piece YouTube. of content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One piece of content with nothing before it, nothing after it. It's not in a series per se. No, it's just here is a film, and and we, and we know why the, the system doesn't work for for short film creation um, as far as theatrically because no one would go and spend. Even if you said to me, "Hey, this is great short film," and you prorate the the, the thing, and you go, "Okay, it'll be it'll be one pound twenty. Yeah. I'm probably not going to line up for that. If you don't, unless you like live across the road from a cinema. Yeah, yeah. because I drove all the way there. What am I going to do with the rest of my afternoon? Yeah, you'd have to. That's why, that's why short film festivals are important. Short film festival. Goal. Goal, yeah. goal for the podcast. Actually go to a short film festival. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But today we are here to talk about the short film designated writer. Yeah. And we're going to be lucky enough to be joined by Jamie Lynn Beatty and Ilana Gordon. Yep. Later on. I'm very excited. You are very excited. You, you you made this one happen. This was you doing the hustle. Yes, very much yes. so. So 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 there we go. So uh, props to you, uh, Liam and Ethan. I believe the ball is still very much in your respective courts. Yeah, I mean they've brought no one. I've done two now. Yep. 
Yep, I've done okay. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I can't. I'm not. I'm definitely a firm second. And I've not done okay. A, I'm not Simon Callow levels. <laughs> Simon Callow, but also independent filmmaker Jay Salahi. Jay Salahi, yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? And, and, and Sean, well, you brought Sean Prasad. I brought Sean Prasad. Yeah, yep. so you know what I mean? Like, as much as these, these big stars are, are great and and trust me i'm not turning anybody down i'm still sending i'm sending emails out uh, it seemed to be easier a few months ago <laughs> maybe maybe the celebrities have stuff to do again i think i think that part of it yeah is that they were actually looking for something to do earlier but uh you know uh, we've been we've been very fortunate to have some conversations people who are involved in every realm of it and i always get a kick out of talking to filmmakers Absolutely. and today we're going to be talking to the filmmaker of designated writer so if you're out there and you and we've been promoing the the junk out of this on the BFE feed. Yes. So you, you, you've you known this is coming. But if you somehow still have it, you go, oh, take the 12 minutes and go ahead and watch it. I, I sat down and just the first time I watched it, I watched it three times in a row. Yep. The first time I went, <laughs> I just want to experience the film. The second time I went, all right, now I want to sort of think about the film. Pay attention to it. Now you know no what notes. happens. Still yeah. no notes. Yeah. But thinking about the film. Third time through, now I'm making notes, which is kind of what I tell my students whenever we, 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 we sort of do stuff when we're, we're learning films, is just the first viewing. Just let the film own you for a bit. Because that, that is what it's supposed to do in it, its entirety, isn't it? Because you can remove yourself. And we talked about this a little bit with um, a little bit with, with Ethan, and we were talking about Django last week when you were – well, last week as we, as, as we record this, when, yes, when, when you yeah. were away. And it's about you know emotional distance from films and what does that mean and how does that happen. And um, some of it is when you're trying to do that analytical watch on the first mm-hmm. watch. It can take you out of it. And uh, unfortunately, with feature-length films, the way we, I'm not going to sit down and watch Django three times in a row. No. You know, although I've seen Django before. But, you know, insert film I haven't seen before yeah. here. Uh, most of the films we cover for me. <laughs> yeah, most yeah. for you. But I'm not watching these three times uh, as the guy who's got, who usually takes the notes, you know. Um, so, yeah. But um, Designated Rider, I knew nothing about this. Uh, I, I hadn't heard of, of the two filmmakers before. So this was all very new to me. Why did you th- want to feature this film? Why did you want to get in touch with these creators? Basically, I've watched a lot of Jamie's stuff for a very, very long time. Um, you have seen Jamie in a th- few things because I've introduced you to her a couple of times in several different things. Is that right? Yes. Uh, Trail to Oregon. She plays the daughter in that, the musical. Oh, Starkid. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Okay, let me pause here for yeah. a moment. I love Trail of the Oregon. Yeah, I know you do. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Starkid stuff, it might not be my jam overall. But you like Trail I don't, I don't dislike it, but I'm, I'm not like like you and Ethan with, with yeah. Starkid. Yeah. However, Trail to Oregon, <laughs> I thought was brilliant. So, so absolutely great. Yeah, she's daughter in that, and you've seen Twisted as well, haven't you? She was. Oh, she in Twisted um, as well. Ursula, the sea witch in that, and various other little. Okay, so parts, yeah. so again, uh, still not the world's. I I, I like Starkid, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not like fandom sort of levels to like like you. Oh, no, I saw yeah, it yeah. once, went I really liked that. Yeah, and and didn't watch it again. That's which is yeah. which is totally fine. Absolutely, but really enjoyed both those productions. So, and they're both available on YouTube on YouTube for uh, YouTube for free. Yeah. So, if you are musically inclined, uh, especially, I mean, Twisted is a uh, pastiche parody retelling of, of Aladdin. Aladdin from yeah. Jafar's perspective, kind of like a cross between Aladdin and Wicked the musical. It's the same. Yeah, sort of yeah. Concept, it kind of gives yeah. Aladdin the Wicked treatment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just with slightly lower production values. Yeah, and yeah. more swearing. And more swearing. Uh, whereas Trail to Oregon is based off this ridiculously difficult, but like authentic, as far as realistic, like 1980s Commodore 64 game. Yeah, I played it on the uh, when I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. 
So yeah, so uh, okay, so so I am familiar with one of them, but back yes. to what so you followed Jamie's career for? Yeah, so I followed wow. Jamie's career for quite quite a long time. Now I'm a patron of hers as well. So when we were launching our Patreon, um, her patron and a couple of others is it like ones that I took inspiration from for launching us and what we wanted to offer as different perks and things. So that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I'd use different bits and pieces from what she does and those sorts of things because i've benefited and absolutely love being a patron of hers so to be able to offer the same experience for other people i was like right okay how can i echo this without stealing basically um so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> as as a group of people who've put up our stuff on the patreon and then seen a similar list of stuff go somewhere else almost yeah. instantly yeah 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 <laughs> exactly that i mean it's very different so obviously we're a podcast it is difficult four of us, but yeah it is difficult because you know even the stuff that we've done there's elements there's elements of other shows in what we do of course, of there, course is. there is yeah. of course there is i've tried to wear my I, I will say this about us i've tried to wear my um influences or my inspirations or my very openly um also what i'm looking for here my inspirations or my I was going with influences. That seems influences, I yeah. guess, on my sleeve. Yeah. I've tried to very, very much go. Look, I, I, I listen to a lot of fantasy football f- focus yeah. um, with Matthew Barry. There's, 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 there's some of that in our podcast. Post wrestling, um, primetime sports with Bob McCowan. There's some of that. Yeah. In our in our in our podcast, and then post wrestling. I mean, there's there's a fair bunch. Uh, there, there, I probably took a lot of the, the format from there and the personalities from the other two sort of sort of concepts and yeah. figured out how to yeah. work these together. But I try to be very open with that, and people seem to. But well, like, I'm not ripping anybody off. No, 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 of course not. But but so yeah, so it's one of those things. So uh, it's it's kind of wild to hear that you know while you were doing the research because I haven't I don't really do much with the Patreon besides just say show it to me. Yeah, just wearing the kind of big. <laughs> the sort of big boss hat going yeah. go away and show it to me when it's <laughs> when it's done and i pushed the brakes a couple times on launching not that you were like we should do some people were i'm not sure it was you necessarily no. but i was like it needs to launch at the right time mm-hmm. and and i feel it has yeah definitely. and i feel that we've i feel that the community has grown and i feel that we've done all right as a result of that yeah and, it, and it's just an exciting place to be as well yeah. and just a more personal place as well because obviously we've got our twitter we're in daily contact nice. with yeah, our with yeah. our with our patrons and that's great I mean, I just come back from holiday, and while I was there, there was some submarines, so I took a picture and sent it yeah. to Julene because it's. Oh, when you pop back up, someone went, "Hey, George is back," and yeah. it was like, "Yeah, yeah. there's a whole idea about the about, about the group chat." So there we go. So you know, there's something about you know <laughs> when is the right time to do various things, which segues us, I think, quite nicely into into the film. So yeah. let's talk about this. A 2020. I think release? it was 2020 uh, film festivals. It didn't actually release till YouTube until I think last year. Okay. May time, I think. So you heard about the film. I think we've kind of gone twice off on a bit of a tangent during your inspiration <laughs> thing. But you're, you'd known um, Jamie Lynn and been a member of her Patreon yes, yeah. for quite a while. And then somewhere along the way, I guess, this leaked through or this disseminated itself through that they were going to be doing a film. Yeah, basically. I mean, the launch came up. Um, patrons got to see the film first. And then there was a, um, I believe, I think it was. And then there was a... Um, uh, cast and crew q a as well for as a live stream that uh patrons were able to join in and chat with so yeah there was definitely some perks and then and then it released fully to youtube i think in march or may i can't remember okay yeah so that's and then you went i really it, it must have been a mark on you because we've only watched about we're done about four or five of these to this point yeah and then you were like no the next one's got to be 
got to be this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so you, you reached out to Jamie Lynn, I'm guessing. Yes, it was, yeah. And was able, were able to sort of uh, procure us a little bit of time. So that's great. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that side of it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to As it. well. So what we'll do is we'll do what we usually do here. We're going we're gonna to re- review the film. I'm not going to pull any punches. If there's something that I'm a little bit whatever, I'm going to go ahead. And, nor am I trying to be antagonistic. No. And unkind. And, uh, spoilers. Well, we don't do I, that anyway. Spoilers. I, you know, we don't. That's, no. that's what we are. Spoilers. I like the film. But a <laughs> couple of points where I went, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think it was only a uh, director and writer. So Alana's, it's only her second short film that she's made. So, yeah. and obviously these things build, especially when they're independent, they get better and better and better. Like it's well, not. I famously said to Jay Salahi when we had him on, I don't get why you did this shot. And he yeah. explained to me why he did. And at the end of the day, I didn't walk away going, Oh, okay, cool. I was still kind of going, I hear you from your perspective, from a viewer's perspective, I didn't get it. Yeah. And that's a shot from behind them as they, as they walk through. Yes, but he had yeah, his reason yeah. why he wanted to do this. And we spoke, even just from a dramatic perspective, a little bit about it last week. You weren't here for when we talked about the, the, about the prestige, mm-hmm. but the abracadabra, and then he drops. Yeah. And so they went, oh, it was good. I said, remember when we did uh, when we did Crucible? And they went, what? I said, that's what I was. They went, oh, I can see it. Yeah. I'm like, exactly. You know, that's what I was going for. I said, I'm not sure if it worked. I went, no, it worked. I said, okay, great. Um, and someone said, I'm not sure. Because I have, you have people come to you and go, I'm not sure I liked that. I go, okay, cool. Yeah, you had a, a few a few controversial opinions about about, about some things, yeah, yeah. yeah, and going okay, cool. I appreciate the fact that you've got an opinion on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's what art you, is about. You, is having you, an opinion. you haven't convinced me that yours is right. I still feel really good <laughs> that mine is that my, that mine is. However, uh, yeah, great. Yeah, it's all about a conversation. If there's no conversation about it, then it falls out of the ether really quickly. But I'm not going to be saying hello, welcome, Jamie Lynn, welcome, Ilana. I'm I've got the best. some questions for you here. <laughs> But let's go ahead and crack on. So we have, um, we open and it comes from shallow focus sort of into slightly less shallow focus, but still pretty, pretty, pretty fuzzy. Yeah. And we've got the remnants of a dinner party and it's all B-roll. It's all stuff that we're shooting that's not actually the people speaking. And then we finally come to there's three characters in a kitchen and it's the after effects of a dinner party and actually shooting these just like images montage i was very quickly able to figure out what i where I, where I was at what i was doing oh yeah definitely it sets the scene really quickly end of the night and they're washing up i go okay i know exactly more or less We've what's occurring there, yeah yep the party's petered out there's a couple of people helping clean up Yep. Um, I think we've both been there. Maybe I feel like I've been there on both sides of this. Where I've been the one who's the last one helping out. Yeah, maybe overstaying my welcome a little bit. But I've also been the one who's um, go home, go home, please go, go home, please go home. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great to have you, but I'm really ready for you. To I go have home. definitely been on the uh, overstayed their welcome, and I think you've in fact been like go home. Go home. <laughs> I'm tired. I'm ready to go to sleep. Yeah, go home. Um, and so Jenny is helping clean up, we said, and then Kate, who is the wife of the couple, needs to check on the invisible kids, and it's fine that they're invisible, that's not a shot, but she needs to check on the kids, but then before she goes, hang on a second, do you need a lift? Yeah. For me, I'm asking this, Mm -hmm. really big question for me, and not in a way that there's a problem, I want to know if this is a theme in the movie. In the sense that it's almost like Jenny, our protagonist here, is being a little infantilized. Oh, definitely. Do you need a ride home? Yeah. Which, if you've ever been someone without a car, and I hated being without a car. I recently was, well, not recently, a couple of years now. 
But my, 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 I was driving this crummy old Voxel. I said, I'll drive it till it died. And I literally did that. Yep. <laughs> you know, they brought it back to life for like a day and then it died again. And I went, time to get rid of it. And for a few weeks, I was dependent on a, on a mutual friend to get me yeah. to work. And other colleagues were like, I can give you a lift home. And I hated it. Yeah. Oh, I hated it. So my question is, are they, are they infantilizing Jenny? Yeah. And how does she feel about it? Because it was this sort of, do you need a ride home? Now, the other thing I was a little bit tweaking by, because there's, there's a long sort of conversation between the married couple, but we get a lot of it with the camera pointing at um, Jenny. Yeah. I thought Jenny was checking Dave out. Potentially. In, but they never come back to it. Or is she checking out Kate? Well, I don't know. Yeah. But she was looking up and down. It, it wasn't just looking at a conversation. No. There was some stealing some looks here going along. So that was a question I had. Yeah, we'll whether, have. and whether it's whether it's in that sort of way, or whether it's because she's being trying to figure out whether she's being judged by these people or not, it's it could be this. Yeah, and if you want to look at all the the criteria of sort of adulthood, yeah. So the the very earliest entry point level is car. Yeah, but and it's interesting because these guys are a married couple with children, car, house. We assume married. Car, yeah, kids. Yeah. So several adult, but we, the idea they're supposed to be equals. Yeah. But they started, I will say it looked like Dave was a little bit older. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then uh, was it, was it Kate? Mm-hmm. Okay. However, there we go. Uh, Kate's going to go check on the kids. Jenny turns down the lift. At first, but then the, my one thing is they go, oh, don't you remember? She's one of those New Yorkers who never learned how to drive. <laughs> I just felt if you, because obviously I need, need to have information as a member of the audience. Yeah. I think it, it just, it was just a little bit, the audience needs to, it was just, here's yeah. some exposition the audience needs to know. And I would have loved it if it was a little bit more, maybe make fun of her instead. Yeah, because then, then it makes her, then the conversation on the porch later that we'll get to is a yeah. bit more. Oh, so, oh, at least I still, still not learned to drive yet, huh? Yeah, All yeah. right, still need. And then you understand why she turns it down as well. Yeah. And I, that, that could have, or make up the story. Yeah. Which is what she does. She makes up a story and says that she's got a car now. And she's learned to drive. And she's learned, well, you didn't know how to drive. I learned. <laughs> and it's very minimalistic. And then yeah. what kind of car did you get? A white one. Now, I would say, like, this gives her out. I know, I know, I know. As the audience, I need to probably guess that she's lying. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I mean, I can't name many cars, and I drive one. But you can say a Honda. Yeah, a but, Ford. Then, but then if someone probes that question more, it's like uh, no. Because then you have the right to stop. Uh, yeah. You don't come off nearly as bad as going a white one. Now that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's part of the point is that we're supposed to figure it out. Yeah. I do. It, it's just one of those things where I, I struggle at times of going how far is too far for Dave and Kate to buy into. Or are they? Do they buy into it at all? And is it just? Are they just no, saving face? No, because there's, there's there's other points in the movie too where where I also question. Okay. Okay. Come on. <laughs> um. And so. Uh, they sort of explain, oh, you're, Dave goes, you're going you're, you're gonna to hate it. And then it gets a little worse and then a little worse, which I guess is his metaphor for car ownership. And and being an adult in general. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, and so David, I think he's going to go have a drop a deuce. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that was the insinuation. Which was, and there's a whole like argument about the fan working to the fan not working. <laughs> and she goes, I have to find my keys, my my, 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 car, my car keys. Now, I'm assuming her house keys are attached to her car keys. She doesn't actually have car keys. Does right, she? but to her fictional yeah, car keys. Yeah. 
To which point, actually, it's a really dangerous game because if someone I got your keys, uh, there's no car key on this. Because <laughs> car keys are distinctive. Um, but so then we cut to uh, outside sometime later. Must have been enough time for Dave to go have his dump, which we were was suggesting was going to take forever. Yeah. Um, and she's researching um, sexual positions. Yes. Um, while waiting for her Uber. And not just sexual positions. She's, she's, it, it seems to all do with the butt. Yep. And butt stuff. And so, okay, so I'm trying to go, why this? Yeah. Why that? Is it just for shock value? Is it the idea that she is... Um, She's liberated in the sense that she's trying to go what she, go after what she wants. Yeah. Because my question is, how much here are Dave and Kate, the are they symbols for domestication? Mm. Are they symbols for, they've got their life together, so yeah. you have to act a certain way. Cause the, cause Almost the, con- the vanilla type of yeah. like. And, and the yeah. conversation when they're cleaning up was that very vanilla dinner party-esque, you we're know. Talking about what the children's What are the children what, doing? Yeah, what yeah. are they watching? And just keeping it very surfacey. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Dave interrupts her as she's as she's even trying to zoom in on the one <laughs> on the one illustration, and um, she says that she's texting her mom. And then there's an awkward walk to the car where he wants to walk to the car. She doesn't want to walk to the car with him because there's no car. <laughs> um, and then on the way, he's like, "No, no, the neighborhood's getting kind of bad." And again, it's this surfacey level, yep. you know. Oh, he makes a joke when someone got mugged in front of a library. Would you believe that? And it's like again, when yeah. you see someone, it's just all. And you, go, and you go, all these reasons people people don't read, and he says he doesn't read, but they get to the car, or at least, and she totally misjudges. She was the one right in front. I'm like, <laughs> don't commit to that walk and go. I'm that one over there, and just point sort of car, somewhere white, in the distance. Hope there's a white car over there. <laughs> oh, jeez. And so, because he calls her out and goes, "That's that's Kate's car." Mm-hmm. Literally, it's not, first he goes to the same car as Kate, but he's like, "No, no, you're this, you're pointing it's to Kate's, Kate's car." car. <laughs> so I think at this point he's up to he's thinking something's up, um, but uh, she goes ahead and finds a different car in the distance. Goes there it is. Oh, here we are. Here's my car. Actually, you know, honk honk beep beep, and it's very juvenile. Yeah. And I was like, almost as if she's playing into what they want from oh, her. Oh, it's this juvenile thing again—the grown up and the kid. Yeah, right? very much so. And so. Um, then Dave leaves, and she realizes she's without her purse. Now, I am wondering, what is the purpose of the purse not being with her? Is it that's where her keys are at? Can't be. It's, I think it's just to get her to get back to the house, isn't it? Because otherwise, she'd just wait for the Uber. Right. So in order for that to happen, though, there needs to be a reason why something's got to be in the purse that she needs for the rest of this night. A Metro card's in there. Well, if you're getting a, no, Metro card's, Metro card's from New York City. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, LA doesn't have a subway. Don't know them. No, because that's why Jay Salahi, when he was on, said, you got to drive. If you're in L.A., you got to drive. Yeah. Because yeah. there is no other option. So it's all public transit, Uber, things like yeah. uh, buses, things like that. So it's, Maybe it's just the fact that she doesn't want to go back to them and she wants a purse. Is this supposed to be like, I can't pay for the Uber? Maybe. But then she rushes off without the purse. Yeah, so this is where yeah, I struggled in going, the purse is the MacGuffin. Yeah. It gets her back where she's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But I kind of went. Is this a world before Apple Pay? Because she's she's very clear. She's got she's got an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I think it is just. I mean, if I was, if I knew I could go back and get it, because obviously she, we see then that the Uber's still five minutes away. If I can go and find it, I'm going to go and find it. This is the part where I went. What's so difficult with going? Hey guys, I think I left my purse. Hmm. 
don't worry about walking me back to my car. I'm good. <laughs> I guess it's trying to avoid any more interaction. I guess so, to try and get away with... Because this... Get away once with she's committed... This is very British. Once you've committed to the lie, and everything yeah. is about making sure that original lie doesn't get caught. Yeah. No matter how stupid you look, it justifies it if you cannot have that first lie exposed. And not putting anyone out, which is why she, like, doesn't take the ride in the first place. Yeah. So, like, it's very... It's a very... It's very English, actually. I'm not so much the not taking the ride. Maybe there is... I'm just thinking about, like, that... You know, these sort of cringe humor types, David Brent. Yeah, yeah. It's never about, oh, I'm, I couldn't put you out. It's always about trying to make yourself look bigger than you are, which yeah, is what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, Um, And so um, she we, she goes back to, I guess, where the door must be. There's this little overhang where I guess yeah. the car pulls underneath. And the purse has been found. And then we hear this barking and this dog with a slow-mo run. And I love the slow-mo run. But if you try to tell me that dog is anything besides happy to be running, <laughs> I am calling BS on it that. It looks like your old dog. That dog is so happy yep. to be running wherever he is, which is just to the side of... of run down there. Of, oh, what was the character's name? Jenny. And then off. And so... um as a result, Jenny kind of disappears beneath the deck. Yeah, beneath it the hides porch. underneath. Yeah, we would call it a deck. Back uh-huh. where I'm from, yeah, hides underneath the deck in a way that a child. It's, it's very childlike. Yeah, to hide like that and disappear and be like, shoot, I'm going to throw bread and you're going to go disappear <laughs> and just go go. At this point, we hear David in this film. Actually, something that did really really well was the cinematography knew where it had to be and mm-hmm. so what it would do instead was a lot of you'd hear characters off screen yeah yeah and then when they need to be in the shot they'd be in the shot a lot of reaction shots as well because of that yeah, yeah so i thought uh what's what i want to use here i thought that the efficiency of shooting or maybe you know sh- the restraint in how many shots they were going to have because mm-hmm. we i didn't need to see him out there standing by no i needed to see her reaction instead yeah, yeah you didn't need both shots it, no. played, it played off well and as a result you get you probably do the voiceover somewhere else potentially i'm not sure and you probably get a better quality audio as a result of that yeah so there we go um and so david finds the purse and the idea he pulls out the metro card so we can kind of go hmm was she lying i don't know how long ago she came from new york i have no clue no. but there's the metro card i have a metro card from when i went to new york city once i went hey nostalgia um <laughs> and then he sees he pulls out jenny's i say in finger quotes license yeah. plate because he puts his thumb over all the important yeah. information <laughs> so they are clearly just going use mine but don't cover it up at which point he goes, I appreciate the amount of effort that went into, like, you know, uh, vetting whose purse this was. Mm-hmm. Although I thought it was pretty clear whose it was from the yeah. off. Um, he Now, here's the problem. He rings her. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I have an Apple iPhone. It is the loudest silent ring ever. <laughs> so I judge him when she's literally just bits away. Underneath him Not being floor. able to. And it lights up and she's scurrying, moving <laughs> around. I totally judge him. For, so this is what I said, like, you know, what they decide that he can hear and can't hear is very inconsistent. This was something where I was like, come on. <laughs> Movie's got a movie. And, and again, the whole thing is, it is that British sort of like, let's focus on how far is this woman willing to put herself through. Yeah. So again, hold up that initial lie. Yeah. Um, he rings her and says, hey, you got the purse, come around sometime and pick it up. Da, 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 da. And at which point I've got, why doesn't she just come in 
in a moment get out from underneath the, the thing and then come back in and say hey i heard you guys got my i got your message you you, you got my wallet you got yeah. my purse i'll take it back yeah and then call another uber <laughs> and just walk around the corner before you ring them she's already in the dirt by this point isn't she though she's already got dirty face and ripped tights well so 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 what happened yeah i tripped <laughs> i got mugged by the library <laughs> I parked by the library. I was inspired to take out a book, but uh, yeah. Um, so Jenny then smells David smoking weed, and the faces that she made—I thought he'd let one rip, or I thought any number of things—but it was not uh, that he was smoking weed. Uh, maybe I'm just too normalized on that for for North America. Maybe and just go. Yeah. I don't know if a young twenty-something would make faces like, "What is that smell?" I don't, know, I don't know if it was more what is that smell. It was more trying to figure out what the smell was. Oh, if, if you smell it, you know it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But. <laughs> um, so, um, but it was really well done in the fact that this is one of the few times in the movie we, we, we had a pan. Yeah. So we have a pan from her face going, what is that up to David? Yeah, sort yeah. of lighting up and sparking his, his, his weed. Um, as you said last year, blazing 420. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, jenny and kate oh because kate comes out oh you started without me he goes yeah well i thought you'd be out five minutes ago yeah. and this is where we find out this couple who seems to have everything figured out and they're so domesticated yeah are dying for that one hour they can have for themselves so they can sneak off to the porch and smoke a joint yep which is really anti all those things yeah. that we saw <laughs> um and sort of normalize them they go why do we have to keep having these parties and so we see them talking about sort of the constrictions they find in adulthood yeah. and because they've hit this level the is norms, there yeah. an expectation that they have to do all these things yeah so that was really interesting and uh but at this point we get the update through uh our our makeshift uber app <laughs> that uh, the uber is about to show up so jenny shuffles off now a moment ago they heard because the dog came back for round two i kind of yeah. skipped over that and Kate was like, what is that? He's like, oh, maybe it's a rat. And now she gets her whole body. Like, the sight lines are not like, <laughs> this movie asked me to spend a lot in my disbelief. But it, it was, she shuffles off, and I'm willing to kind of do it for the sense of, of the film. And then we go to the driveway. It's just a couple moments later, and this is, it's, it's all in shallow focus. And then she, like, pops up. Yeah. So she must have been bent over and then popped up. I love every part of of this shot the facial that she's making just this idea that she's been through some ordeal yeah it almost looks apocalyptic like zombie-esque doesn't it the way she just pops up yeah. and is covered in dirt yeah and, it's the yeah. night after yeah uh some 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 much more harrowing ordeal than she's gone through but yeah. still in the cancer because we've been so tight i mean that literally we've been yeah. like close up on jenny the whole film it feels like um and then she sort of stares at this uber and then he goes to drive away, and she like blows the whistle. And I'm going, surely two things. Number one, the dude wants to get paid and would be like, <laughs> get in my car, because he hasn't seen how dirty she is yet. Number two, it might get the joint-smoking couple to come on out and go, what's all this noise? Hey, doesn't that sound like so-and-so's voice? <laughs> huh. I mean, you get the idea that the, the how entrance to the house is a little bit further away from the roadside, because there's obviously that, that porch. A whistle? Over. It's not a very loud whistle, is oh, it? Oh, it's a good whistle. It's not a good whistle. <laughs> and she kind of gives up at this point. She's a great thing. She's like reaching in. I don't know if it was a street light that was lighting her up. The lighting's beautiful. Her on this yeah, one shot where she's like reaching out towards the car. Um, so that's a question I have about some things. Just the practicality of shooting in in, yeah. in, in these locations. 
I wonder how many times they'd get the shot ready and they'd have to stop for a car yeah. and things like that because, yeah, you're shooting gorilla style for the most part. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then it's morning. Um, we find that uh, Jenny has been sat up against the house sleeping all night. Um, the dogs are barking, so she's kind of going, can't have that, which I, I totally appreciate because mm-hmm. the dog will out her instantly. Yep. But she also knew she was safe to be against her friend's house, so I kind of understand why she chose where she chose to sort of rest for the night. Yeah, it's so like a little nook where she knows where she is, but yeah. There was a pink tricycle. It's been there the whole time. Yep. Discarded there. She gets on the pink tricycle, and this is when the score kicks in to tell me this is a good thing. Yep. Uh, Jenny then rides the tricycle. We follow her in a tracking shot before Jenny sort of extends her legs directly sideways in a sense of like childlike joy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and freedom. And freedom. And yeah. then she, there's a pan over to a stop sign. I didn't get what that's about. Because she she's obeying the rules of the road. She actually stops before then going again. Because it says stop on the floor as well. She stops at as if she's a car. She oh, is, is, is that right. it? Yeah. She looks left and right. To be and then fair, when going. you ride a bicycle or if you're a pedestrian, you have to obey those signs as well. Yeah, I know, but I think it's the fact that she's like, it's obviously very early she's, morning. Actually, she's, and she's she, on a trike in the middle of the road. She is on the road. I hadn't clued yeah. into the, this, this being part of the driving thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then she escapes our uh, frame from right to left, which, you know, usually means a lack of progress or a sense of regression. I don't think it's been meant in this way in this no. film. Uh, but that's the end of our film, and uh, it leaves it in a, in a in a happy place. And I'm going, so so what is this? And I'm kind of going that she's accepting the notion that she doesn't have it all figured out, and that's okay. I'm not going to feel badly about myself. Yeah, I think it's her kind of going. She she doesn't mind that people are judging her about not being able to drive, but all of the like like uh, childish kind of like attributes that that comes with. Could and this dependencies have, and things. Could this have used a couple of people just staring at her in like cutaways? Not people who we've met yet, just Perhaps, just randoms. Yeah. So that her joy is like, I don't care, but you can. So Unfounded, it is. I don't care, yeah, but you yeah, can yeah. see me. I'm just. I'm really happy. Yeah, and, that, and that's okay. I mean, she does a great job of making her look. She looks. She genuinely does look like ecstatic as she's doing that last little bike ride. Yeah, because I mean, this is a film that's quite frugal with its uh, with its dialogue. There's not a lot of it. No. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that it's, uh, yeah, so much of it is, is um, um, I keep forgetting the character's name. Jenny. Jenny by herself. Reacting to things, yeah. Reacting to things. So probably why you like it. Probably. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I mean that was, so I guess we go through our usual stuff. I, I, I want to say obviously, I don't know, it, it feels with, with, with three actors, I mean, it's, it's hard whenever you start to single out anybody as being really, really good. Yeah. Um, I'll go. I mean, obviously, um, um, Jamie Lynn as as Jenny was was very good, very yeah, very good. very very good. I really like the guy who played Dave, though. Yeah, because he's he is he walks the line of having his shit together whilst also still literally shitting without the fan on and like yeah. dropping some lines and saying, "I don't want to argue about this now." Like off screen. Like, so he kind of drops the facade a little bit a yeah. couple of times, whereas Kate, the wife, is very much in the we're kind of like socializing, we're hosting vibe the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they're both rebelling kind of against these things they find themselves in. He's found himself making dad jokes and she's found herself sort of, you know, 
waking up in the middle of the night with a kid's song going yep. through their head. Because uh, I think on first first watch, I know this, having watched it three times now. <laughs> I, th- I think on first watch, you're most naturally, because the, the, the film tells you to, to pay attention to uh, Jenny. Yeah. But on second and third watch, you sort of pick up a little bit more what's going on around them. And the, and the, the couple have their own have their own, got their own stuff. Yeah, got their own stuff. They're going through. So yeah, um, so that's sort of my favorite thing. My, your favorite moment of the film? I I really like it when she just basically does go fuck it and rides a tricycle out. I think it's brilliant because it's it is her kind of going. I've been through this to keep up this lie. I've slept outside all night. I've been in a bush. I've been this, that, and the other. And then she just rides a tricycle as if to go. I don't need a car. I don't need a lift home. And just gets on a tricycle and goes. And it's it's brilliant. Uh, I'm going to go with it's 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 the reveal of that shot after she's come out from underneath the the decking, um, and it's the, it's it's the garage in the background, and you just have her sort of pop up. Yeah, it's good. Looking like she's been through all hell. I think. <laughs> I think, and that and and the shot of her reaching out towards the Uber. I think some of the cinematography. Um, is really really strong. Yeah, it is. is really really strong. Even though it was quite, I keep losing the word right when I'm, when I'm coming up to it. Um, but even though it was quite, I want to say like it was like on a budget. It's a sort of a synonym for that I want to use, but I can't quite, uh, I can't quite come up with it. But e- e- even though you know there had to be constraints on it, I, I oh, think definitely. some of the stuff that they had was was fantastic. So I, I'd love to kind of um, look forward to finding out exactly how long that's going to be. Yeah. Um, how long did it take? How long? How long was the shoot? Was this was this shoot done in one night? I, d- I don't know so, exactly. Which is benefits us that we're going to have some people <laughs> on. I think. I think. I think. Absolutely. Uh, uh, is 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 there a grumble? Just that little bit of exposition right at the beginning. I think. Just the oh, she's one of those. And to be fair, like, but it's th- just one line. I think that's a that's a complaint that we've had in about half of the movies we we've we've looked at oh yeah definitely it's not nearly as egregious as septum nope no septum had some bad exposition i think because it because i mean obviously that was a lot more people and three times the length so it had other bits of exposition but yeah no sure. this tells a story but also tells two or three other stories whilst following jenny's kind of night you also get commentary on... I got pump the brakes at two or three other... I think it tells one other story. One other story. <laughs> the Uber driver and the dog the have Uber a Uber driver too. has no story. <laughs> the dog does. Oh, the dog. He's so happy. <laughs> he's so happy to be there. Oh. Uh, and where's he the rest of the time when he's not harassing her and they're smoking their joint? Like, what's he? Is he in the back garden, I'm guessing? Yeah, I guess so. He's I back in the house. So. <laughs> um, Mine would go... Yeah, I'm, pro- I'm probably looking at some some expert i guess my biggest one were what exactly were the rules of what dave and kate could hear and what they couldn't yeah when they referenced the rat i went oh now you've established because i guess they went we have to have something to explain all her movements yeah there's gonna be some noise oh there. <laughs> like they're literally like right if we have this conversation all of a sudden like liam walked in like just over there <laughs> i think i'd look i think that that bit of noise would definitely yeah cause a reaction of some sort so um now all it's left to do is kind of go uh what chocolate bar did this make you think of 
Well, I have been, like I said, I've been on holiday. I got back yesterday or this morning as we record. Um, and in Denmark and in like Scandinavian countries, they have the Rito Sport. Have you seen them? They're like square chocolate bars that you can buy and they have all sorts of different flavours in them. And I bought a bag of mini ones home. Oh, did you? So, you know, fun size. Yeah. Um, and my favourite one is the marzipan one. They're not my favourite chocolates in the world, but my yeah. favourite one out of the collection that they do is the marzipan one. So I'm going with the Mars marzipan Rito Sport. Is there a reason how it was linked to the film, or are you just bragging about your trip? Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's just current. I'm trying to think of a... Because at first blush, I went, is this film a film for me? And what I mean is, am I the audience for this film? Mm. Am I too old? Uh, am I the wrong gender? Mm-hmm. I was asking, is this a girl's film? And not the sense that it's for girls. No, but is, is this a target audience, women who don't know where they're supposed... Who are told you're supposed to be one way, and she's clearly something else. Women who are yeah not on the expected life path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I want is that is it is this specific to 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 all genders or is it just for this sort of mm-hmm. one specific demographic? And I don't know where I landed on that. If I'm being honest with you, uh, I picked up on I don't know. I mean, I sit here and look around, and there's some things that friends of mine definitely have a sort of life go you know, i don't have any kids or anything like that and so yeah. you see people who do do and you're like i think less than a woman do i look around because i don't think society tells me that i have to have that yeah and i think there's pressure on there's different pressure on men and women's kind of like at this age you do this at this age you do this kind of i imagine my pressures and expectations are more about professional yes where i am yeah yeah um so i'm trying to think what's a chocolate bar but could be either construed a as being like as weird as it sounds a girl's chocolate bar or secondly a chocolate bar you're like you're supposed to grow out of liking that by a certain age a milky and then, bar and then go on a mile kick going back to it see i don't really like milky bars for me that would be a milky bar because i will still go back to a milky bar magic stars See, these are things I don't really have. Maybe it's like one of those, like, I don't know, it's like Freddo's. Freddo's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which are like a chocolate frog. Yeah, and, and there's so many arguments about them because they used to cost a penny, and now oh, really? they're like 60p, and okay. everyone's upset about the Freddo's, yeah. Uh, or the other one, which I think I used earlier, and it's a shame, uh, because I think it really works well with this, but it's, it's, it's a piece of dairy milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. But again, they've got like the popping candy. Oh, and the, the, things the, like, yeah, yeah, the marvelous creations. Yeah, so yeah. Like, it's, like it's basically, we have this thing in, in England called pick and mix. Yeah. Where basically it's like if you go to, I'm trying to think of where it has, I think the Tesco I was in yesterday had one. Yeah, loads of places have pick and mix. And it's basically there's like a bunch of like bulk food. It's only about 12 in like a display. Yeah, unless and, you go to like Wilco's and they've got like 20 and yeah. it's amazing. But you go ahead, you get your chocolate, and then you weigh it, and yeah. then you sort of pay a, 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 a by the weight price that it is. It's just kind of mixture, and you kind of grow out of that by a certain age. Like you, very rarely do you see, definitely very rarely do you see men oh, at the pick and mix. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Unless they're there with like female friends, and they're or all children, getting one, yeah, yeah or, or children. So, so this kind of takes the idea of like a little bit of everything, and then puts it into a chocolate bar, and it's still probably not what you're supposed to be having as an adult, yeah. If, it was, if there was a manly chocolate bar, it's not that. Yeah, what, what were they called? Um, the one that was like, not for girls. Is it Yorkie? Yorkies. Yorkies, <laughs> like the man's Man chocolate, chocolate bar. Yeah. It's, very, it's very square. Yeah, it's yeah. like big chunky, like big as if chunky, feminine yeah. mouths can't eat it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, yeah, I would go with sort of the marvelous creations of the popping candy and the chocolate and go with the jelly beans. <laughs> You're yeah. too old for this and going, I like it still. That's kind <laughs> I don't of. I care, I like it. <laughs> so, kind of a second weekend or second, second episode in a row where I'm going to that, but it feels. It's appropriate for Thematically, this yeah. that it works. So, I would say I really like the film. Yeah. 
the first time I watched, I kind of went, what did I, wait, that, that's, that's the movie. And I kind of was going, okay, now what is the story within this? Because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just a woman who's waiting to get a ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of went deep. As I kind of looked deeper, I'm kind of going, well, what is, what is the theme? Where are we going mm-hmm. with this? What is the purpose of this? Who does she represent? Who do they represent? And then that was a much that that, that was a very interesting watch, second and third watch, because mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of these things are elements that I'm not really ever going to have to worry about for the most part. No, because again, I think driving is also something that guys tend to do quite early on as well. Yeah, it's more. I mean, driving has always been a more. It's perceived as more masculine, isn't it? Like yeah. you, you drive a you drive around a go kart when you're younger, and then you get your license, and then you. Well, yeah. Kate did ask, "Does Dave? Do you need Dave to give you a ride home?" It wasn't. Can one of us give you a ride yeah, home? It was can Dave. It was yeah. can Dave, because she's going to do the maternal thing and make sure the kids are put down or something like that. Yep. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, I think very much uh, a film that takes eleven minutes of your time, or in, or in my case, take thirty five and watch it three times in a row, <laughs> back to back to back. <laughs> And then, uh, and then come out of it again. And what did you think? And let us know what what what, what you thought about it. Uh, we're we're going to hear from Jamie Lynn and Alana uh, after the break. I say break, like we're going to put something in the middle. It's just going to be the usual sound effect. Yeah, it's going to be that. But we'll we'll see what they have to say. But what do you think about it? Let us know as per usual at Best Film Ever Pod on the Twitter. Twitter. And outside of that, it's the usual. Hey, what is there anything out there that you stumbled upon that you think is a great short film? Let us know. If it doesn't suck, we'll probably give it a watch. <laughs> oh, no, we'll give it a watch, and then we'll decide if it sucks or not, and then we'll review it if it doesn't. Yeah, I'd be phrased that, because that's how we figure out if something sucks or not. Yeah. But no, if it doesn't suck, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about it. Uh, we're starting to get to the part of the pod where I'm getting a lot of filmmakers start to start to email us. Okay. Like a lot. And there was a couple that I've looked at on the side mm-hmm. and gone, as long as, you kind of think, as long as it's not terrible, yeah. sure, we'll have people on. <laughs> <laughs> the hard part is finding time. Yeah, of course. Uh, to watch something with just a speculative maybe. And there was this one. I'll tell you off air specifically which one yeah. it was. But it was interesting because it had someone who actually has name value in the film. Okay. Someone who I'd heard of. Yeah, someone yeah. who would go, oh, that's so-and-so. And I might have able to go, can I get can I get so-and-so as well? Yeah. Um, but it was of such poor quality. <laughs> There were times where the dialogue was going, but it didn't match the mouths that oh, were moving no. on the screen. So they'd obviously take an audio from a different yeah. take and just put it over. Or there was a part where they misspelled the word, I think it was assistant, three times in the credits, back to back to back. Oh, gosh. But not even the same way all three times. <laughs> Two of them one way and one time a totally different way. So so generally, if people were kind of, you know, that was a shame. If you can do better than that. Yeah, because I actually like watched that with the intent of going, I want to find a reason to, yeah. to go ahead and watch this, to go ahead and talk to people about this. And I couldn't do a see it or skip it because it was going to be skip it was going to be a skip it. And yeah. I don't want to put anything on here that I don't want to lie. No. So if I'm going to bring someone on here, it's going to be yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So like when Jay reached out to us, it wasn't like, wow, someone reached out to us. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and we'll all say that we like it. There was no edict around the table going. No. Everybody's got to say that they like it. But it was a case of watching it and me going, I think this is I, I, I like this. I've got no problem putting my seal of approval on this. Yeah. So we're going to do an episode on it. It didn't help that we all ended up giving it sevens or seven and a half or whatever it was. No, we, 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 all, we, we, we all want sevens. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Which is fine. It's better than Howl's Moving Castle and better than Greece. So there we go. 
<laughs> so uh, outside of that, uh, we're just going to go ahead. We're going to pause for the cause here, and then we'll catch up with Jamie, Lynn, and Ilana. So I guess what we're saying in a manner of speaking is we'll catch you on the flippity-flop. The flippity-flip-flop. And uh, there we go. Just after the after the break here, we are joined now by uh, the filmmakers themselves, Jamie Lynn Beatty and Alana Gordon. Uh, hello, folks. Hello. Hi, guys. So I've got in my notes here that, of course, that Jamie Lynn, you starred in the film and that Ilana directed and wrote the film. But then it says a film by Ilana Gordon and Jamie Lynn Beatty, which was nebulous enough for me to go, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Can you help me unravel what we're, I mean, I'm assuming obviously, Jamie Lynn, you were in the film and Alana, you did direct the film, but this whole, a film by this partnership, can we, maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a super collaborative thing between us. We knew we wanted to work together for a really long time. And this was an idea that uh, the film itself was an idea that we wanted to, the medium we wanted to put it in, but we didn't really have an idea. So the created by was like, the development process, which we did together. Okay. okay, sounds good. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to ask a little bit about um the different kind of backgrounds because obviously Jamie yourself are very theatre heavy, um and I know you've done a lot of improv and stuff, and so has Dan who is in it. Is, is, did that kind of come through in the writing process? Was there a lot of writing, or was it a lot of improv on kind of on set? Um, you know, I was going to say, so um, Alana and I actually met many moons ago in Chicago doing improv. So, um, in fact, we were on a team together. Alana, you coached a team that I think friends of ours were on. I yeah, think, you were right? on a team with Dan. There were all these different... I like... was on a team with her husband. Yeah, so we <laughs> all are are from... We share a lot of the same like comedic mindsets. Uh, and Alana's a brilliant, very witty, just like... I, I'm obsessed with her work. She's a brilliant writer. Um, and honestly, yeah, the idea for this... Didn't it... Wasn't it born in your, your like backyard where you were like, do you have any ideas for stories that you want to tell or things that had happened to you? You kind of. Sounds right. We had like a couple um, things that were kind of like set in place. Like we didn't want to spend any money on a location. So it was kind of restricted to either what we could, you know, use from ourselves or things that we could like borrow or steal from friends. So the location was kind of set. And yeah, I do think we kind of worked backwards on this a little bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I will say only because you brought it up, Alana. Alana and I bonded very early on in our friendship on our love of garage sales and thrift stores. And so it's, it makes sense that in the spirit of our love for the kind of vintage flair, we were like, let's spend the least amount of money possible and use what we have. So the whole film had a very thrifted mentality. (laughs) So did you have a budget at all or was it just as, as cheap as we can get things? A little bit of column A and a little column B. We decided to spend the money that we um, put into the film on the production side. So that's mainly, you know, the labor, the people who were on set. Uh, we paid the actors, obviously. But um, the costuming stuff, uh, like my dog was in it. There was like a whole bunch of stuff that we probably would have had to pay for if we didn't have access to it already. So the money we did spend, we try to put in places where it would like make the most uh, difference. And then anything else we tried to you know, improvise on. It was important for us, especially to pay the crew at, at industry rates and our actors who are SAG. Um, so I think, 
you know, we wanted to do it right. Uh, yeah. So and doing it right often involves money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you've sort of uh, already anticipated one of my questions I had was whose dog was it? Because um, I, the, the, the slow-mo and the idea that the dog was so obviously supposed to come across as a figure of menace, but this was the happiest looking angry dog there ever was. Oh, I'm so glad you saw that. Cause yeah, we definitely were like going for, um, you know, menacing, like you said, but he was so excited to see <laughs> like, attacked her literally every time. She was the biggest trooper. I was scared she was going to get like mauled to death with love at one point, but like uh, she was amazing at that part. <laughs> yeah, his name is Teddy. He really, he really did a fantastic job. And your <laughs> husband, Alana was Alana's husband. Dan was the official dog wrangler, and he's the real. MVP of the team. Behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> we hadn't figured out like a way to make that part work. I think the whole film would have suffered a little bit. So we were lucky that he was able to pull that through. Teddy really, he has a promising career in Hollywood. He was, and Dan also as a dog trainer, like the two of them had an act they could take on the road by the end of the <laughs> two days. He's worked than some of my friends. Like, definitely more than I've ever booked. <laughs> That's brilliant. So do you say two days? Is that how long the shoot was or... How long did you shoot for? Yeah, we shot um, two overnights. Okay. Uh, wait, is that right, Jamie? It's been so long. Now. Was it two or was it three? I know. I'm like, you know, and it's right. Be- it was right before the pandemic too, so it's even more of a blur because mm. then yeah, the crazy. I'm pretty thing sure we had a Friday night and a Saturday night, and then we were yes. Like that. that sounds great. <laughs> so right on the cusp of the pandemic, did that cause any sort of logistical problems with the completion of the production, like your sort of post-production sort of elements? Cameras were put away, we got the footage, but did you run into any roadblocks on account of the world shutting down? That's a good question. Um, not really, because we did shoot it so early. We shot it the first weekend of January, so all of the production was done. And then we did most of like the initial meetings with our editor in February. So we were still like, okay, yeah. the rest of it. but um, by the time, like everything hit, we were all like, he was editing. We were just kind of off doing our own thing. So everything could be done remotely. So, so that worked out for us. what about them when you want to sort of unveil it to the world, because you don't get to have, those great moments where you can all come together. I mean, on a very small scale, George and I do some amateur dramatics yeah. occasionally, and we, we we did a production of Chicago, and it was we did it, but then you couldn't go out and see the audience afterwards <laughs> or anything like that. So we came on out, and the the, the, the house was empty, and we're like, oh, I guess <laughs> we I, did it. I guess we'll we'll because we'll because we were carpooling because yeah. about thirty minutes away. I guess we'll just drive back now. And so you've got this thing you've put so much your heart and soul into, and then literally the sort of the way that film works which is kind of a communal experience we've taken that element away so what is that logistically what does it do for you but then also kind of emotionally as part of your own journey how is that payoff sort of altered yeah you know i think that's a really you hit on a very a very poignant and important topic that i think you know we've had to reconcile with with all the pandemic in many things, including this film, obviously. It's funny thinking back on when we first applied to festivals. So obviously, as we're learning as new filmmakers, like 
festival is kind of like the opening night. It's like, that's where you get it seen. And there's a bit of like celebration to be had in getting accepted into certain festivals. And I remember, correct me if this is wrong, Alana, but I feel like we strategically chose festivals being like, we have places to stay in New York and Chicago. And like, we were very much looking for the like, let's travel. And like, this is going to be our big opportunity to like, go to these wonderful events and, and really be there in person. And I mean, it was definitely a little bit of a letdown in general that whole year when everything was happening online. So it's like, it's one thing when the film festival gets moved to be virtual, but at that point it was like, like my doctor's appointments were virtual. Like everything was virtual. I was like, great. Another reason to like have a film, but it's just a shame with timing that we didn't get to necessarily experience the boots on the ground film festival, but you know. And even with our own friends, we never did like any kind of like premiere for anyone really. That's true. Yeah. And I, you know, it's Jamie Lynn like kind of hit the nail on the head. Like definitely we missed out on like the networking and the getting to celebrate everybody's work. That's like the part of the film festival that I think is the most exciting, but um, we still got, we, I mean, we were lucky enough to get accepted into a couple of places and they were really supportive and nice. So it still felt like we were able to get our work out there a little bit, just maybe not in the way we kind of expected. Mm-hmm. No, it's cool. Have you got any more production questions? Cause I've got some more character questions. If I, I do have some more production questions, I guess. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Um, I thought some of this film did really well was there was an efficiency in the cinematography, but there was a certain number of shots that were just so important in a, so much of the humor was depending on the camera staying tight on Jamie Lynn as often as you could for the reactions about what was occurring around her. But then you also just had these wonderful shots sort of placed in the middle of it. I I mean, specific reference when we were doing the review to, um, the scene where Jenny's just escaped from being underneath the deck and has made it to find the Uber and it's that the, the garage is in the background out of focus and she just sort of appears and pops up looking like she survived some zombie apocalypse. <laughs> but it, it, it's just a wonderful, okay, we've switched gears and now we're into the next part of the scene. Mm-hmm. And I think it speaks to how in, in a script that could be kind of light on dialogue or where the dialogue was sort of... Um, on the periphery a little bit sometimes because we were we were focused so strongly on Jenny. A lot of the visual humor was brought through by the cinematography, and I thought it was an absolute strength. So I, I just kind of want to go, hey, who did the cinematography, I guess? Give you a chance to shout them out, but then also just go, I thought it was outstanding. <laughs> that is so nice of you guys to say. Uh, thank you. We did have an amazing uh, DP, Leo Garcia, who's incredibly talented and has a really, um, I think, just an amazing eye for you know, color and um, composition, but he's also uh, a super talented comedy guy. He comes from, you know, The Onion and his background is in comedy. So having a DP who is uh, both, you know, incredibly visually gifted, but also very funny. um, I mean, a lot of, I think, those visual gags came from suggestions from him. So I think the smartest thing I did as a director was just shut up and listen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alana, I will say, I got to give you credit. Alana made some brilliantly hand-drawn storyboards that were very detailed (laughs) leading up to it. And we we did stick to those pretty well. Like I, I, I will say I've, I've looked at them. I think I like recently sent them to me. I was like, do you have those just because they're like fun to look at and reference and you, your vision, I think you did a great job translating 
your drawings. <laughs> yeah, the best things we did, I think, were hire incredibly talented people, both actors and crew members. And then um, I think we were both okay enough and secure enough in the fact that this was our first film and we really didn't know what we were doing um, in any real way. So uh, I think we over-prepared in a lot of ways because we wanted to be respectful of people's time. And uh, also we were just like kind of afraid of doing it wrong. So um, yeah, we walked in with like a pretty tight plan and then we were lucky enough that everybody was so on their game and uh, you know talented that we were able to improvise within that really structured setup. That's amazing. Yeah, it sounds sounds like a dream setup to be honest. Because if you haven't got the right people to work with, even if you've got a brilliant script, it's not gonna yeah. not gonna translate. So yeah, no, that's that's amazing. So I'll go into kind of more character stuff. The like, humanizing elements we get for Jenny, like looking at the sex tips and picking her knickers out <laughs> of a bum before she gets on the tricycle, those sorts of things. Who kind of who came up with those? Where did they come from? And what what happened? <laughs> That's a double credit. All about the wedgie. (laughs) I can take credit for the wedgie. And Alana can take credit for the specific sex article that she was like, we are using this article. And really the cartoon depiction, like it really, it was a, it was perfect. (laughs) <laughs> ensuring that jenny like is trying to zoom in on it too as she's just, as she's caught yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i thought they were brilliant they were very it very made much made me go yeah this is a real person it yeah. it, it was it was brilliant because it's things that i think everyone does but no one really wants to admit to and then to see them in on screen in this in this way was it was brilliant i really enjoyed them did, did you have another one on the on the character sort of list um not at the moment, no. Um, thematically, because I was trying to sit here going, it, it, it's it's a very funny story, and I was going, is there, what is there? And so what I saw was you've got Jenny, and you're juxtaposing her against this this married couple, and you think about those sort of signs of adulthood and whatever they might be. And so you think this married couple, they've got, they're married, they've got, the, they've got a house, they've got kids, and they've got a car. Then you've got Jenny, who's not even on step one of this sort of journey. And we put them sort of side by side. And then, you know, Jenny, who, who's unable to, to admit that she doesn't have a car and does need a ride, mm-hmm. especially when in the script, I think it was, I think it's Kate who goes, I'm going to go check on the kids. Oh, by the way, do you have a ride? And it almost places Jenny and the kids on this equal level. And I went, is this a movie? Because as it goes on, you find out that sort of the adults are sort of feel almost adults. Look at that. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of comparing <laughs> the, the married couple to being like real adults. But you get this couple and, and they seem like they're confined by their sort of domesticated life and the expectations of throwing this party. And social expectations. And you sort of have this little sort of spy sort of situation thanks to thanks to the dog yeah. uh, but then you and then jenny who sort of comes out the other side and just sort of celebrates the most infantilizing experience there is mm-hmm. she's riding this 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 Children's toy trike tricycle, yeah yeah da- da- down the road and finding joy in this and so the question i kind of had was was there a conscious attempt to sort of criticize the mundanity of domestic expectations of what adulthood is supposed to be? Or is it a celebration of just not freaking out if you're not at those points yet? Or am I just pretentious as hell and reading totally incorrect things? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this question. I love this. Yeah, you're like this. I feel like you really you're you're like you should be our spokesperson for the the thesis statement <laughs> really <laughs> bravo 
Well, you guys can come on any time. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to play that back to the other two when they're not when they're around. <laughs> he, he doesn't need his ego inflating anymore. <laughs> but, 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 but. Uh, well, then we're, we'll just answer the question. There we go. Yes. Um, but yes, I, I think there definitely was a little bit of that subconsciously. Um, and it kind of worked out that uh, Dan and Kat Pergle, who's an amazing actress and played Kate, uh, are both parents and, you know, in addition to being incredibly talented improvisers. And so I think they probably brought some of that just subconsciously, um, that feeling of like, you know, the grass is always greener if you're a parent and you're stuck in this like very um, sort of the preordained box. Uh, you're going to get a little jealous when you see someone who's just kind of living moment to moment and who's okay with that. And so I think there is a little bit of jealousy on both sides and, maybe a little bit of pushing back at the idea that there's one that's better than the other. Yeah. And I think you're totally spot on too, with just the, the feeling like a a child or one of the things Alana and I talked about a lot, which truly comes from my own life experience (laughs) is we talked a lot about the idea of like feeling like a burden and having to ask for a ride and kind of what that feels like. And I think you, you're totally, um, you hit it on the head when you said like, categorizing her with the children and kind of like feeling like there's a separation between the maturity levels. And so I think that that was definitely something we were trying to, to tap into. And I think it's to answer your question from earlier. um, I think it's a bit of both. It's like, yes, it's, it's um, meant to kind of show the difference between adulthood and like the childhood like qualities but also I do think it is a celebration and I think it was important for us at the end to show that she was taking ownership of this inability to drive and instead of at the end seeing it as a crutch finding freedom in ultimately having agency over how she gets home even if it is in a juvenile thing like a kid's (laughs) big wheel (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, I don't know if I just like projected this into the film, but like, I think millennials as a generation are so developmentally delayed because of the things we've dealt with, like the recession and, um, you know, so many other cultural things that have sort of set us back. But there's a sense of like, if you haven't had these specific experiences by this time, you're behind. But like, I think our generation is really pushing back on that idea that you have to get married, you have to have kids, you have to buy a house. Like these are all options. And I think we're trying to reconcile the idea that we don't have to live the same lives our parents did. So we we were talking about it before we reviewed, it was kind of like, is this, is because Ian mentioned, is this a film for me or is it more a a girl's film? Is it a film more aimed at someone like myself who is again, a little bit younger than you guys, but kind of still feeling that pressure to go to uni to get a job to get a house to do all of these things in the right order when actually there's a lot of freedom and expression and all these different things in not doing them in the right order as it were and lots of like openness and so to see that celebrated I think probably had a bit of a different impact on me than it perhaps did on yourself being being one a little bit older and too male yeah I think because I went I think the the pressures that that I experience are less about these life moments I mean you sort you sort of recognize it but I argue that I think some of mine were more professionally based Mm. about you know how are things going you know with my career at this point in my life provide almost I I guess yeah Yeah. although I don't think it comes from that place it comes from sort of you know male competition and ego and things like that and so I, I was just kind of sort of 
pontificating, going, you know, is 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 this men from? Is this something uniquely female in the experience, or is it something a bit more comprehensive? And I I, I don't really know where I landed on it, no. but but it was something that was interesting to to kick about. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that is really interesting. Maybe walking to the car is the uniquely fem- the only uniquely female thing I can think of because. I mean, I guess most guys don't usually get walked to their car. No. But no. And it was interesting when it was time to go, you know, do you want to take her home? Kate was asking Dave. The, the assumption was that Dave would, would, would sort of be the one to drive her and take her because that's what males seem to do, and actually. And she would stay with the and children. And she would stay yeah. with the children and do that kind of maternal maternal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. there, was, there was something I wanted to ask about, actually, and it kind of ties into the next question I had. I just cut you off. I'm terribly sorry. No, I, I, no, I just, I have, you're, you've brought up things that I, I hadn't thought about and it's an interesting perspective. So I don't know. Um, something I thought Jamie Lynn, you, you thought my, my question was all right a minute ago. So I'm making a mutual <laughs> admiration society here. I, 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 I thought an absolute strength in the film is your ability to act sometimes without the benefit of dialogue and just react to things and how that added a lot to the film. So I've kind of got a two part kind of question here. The first part was just, is that something that um, that you kind of find yourself doing? Or is this something that you just sort of would, would rate? At? I'm trying to find a way to go, is that something you think you're good at? But essentially, <laughs> that's what the question is. Is it something that you find yourself drawn to these sorts of situations where you can still emote and take people on a journey in the absence of words, which would terrify me say, to death? That's a good kind of com- comparison, whereas you need dialogue. I love dialogue, but I need that. Act behind. Yes. I would much rather play a part that just reacts to everything and doesn't actually say anything at all. So it's kind of which, what is your kind of take on that i guess um it's fascinating i i'm with you georgia like i i almost get terrified by more dialogue because i feel like i have to be like rushed through moments whereas like i i like i feel like a lot can be told in silence and maybe that's from i mean in you in at the university of Michigan and where I got, where I studied, we did a lot of clowning work and a lot of the Mm -hmm. clowning stuff we did was very silent and like what stories can be told through silence. Um, and also like just simplicity, like what's the simplest way to, to, to tell these stories. And so I love being able to, um, to just react. And I, I want to give credit to, to Alana for two things, like one as a writer writing, and, and then allowing people, giving them the ability to improvise and to bring life into it that's not necessarily on the page, I, I mean, I think is a testament to her strengths as a director, being able to see the big picture and, and giving actors the ability to kind of improvise and go off. And then also just in general, with people like Dan and Kat, who I truly wish we could either develop this into a longer thing or like do something with them where we could explore their characters more because they they're so good. And yeah, I think they, they did a wonderful job um, of sticking to the script, but also like going off on little tangents, but then very naturally getting back on the train when they needed to. And so um, yeah, I think re- the reactions and kind of being able to live very authentically in that without feeling rushed. Does that answer that question? I feel like that's a... No, I think it does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, love the re- I love being able to react, and also I think they did a great job with it, too. And, and uh, something that was used really, really well was the use of so much of... Um, oh, what's the character's name? Is it 
Is it Dave? Mm-hmm. Dave. Yeah. So much of Dave's dialogue sort of comes from off screen in various points where he re-enters and we get that as our cue rather than, you know, the the, the pan or the cut to and then, they, and then they, they walk through in the same with Kate when, when she sort of re-emerges mm-hmm. as well. And that was really interesting because it lets us, again, keep keep that cinematography, keep, keep that shot tight on on Jenny's character. But uh, George and I were talking about the idea that there's there's a second story here, really, if it's going on. And it's it's the the story of of this couple, which is really really interesting. And because of our alignment to 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 the Jenny character, we don't get to really sort of see the nuance of that. But it was a really interesting element where we have the public version of themselves, yeah. Which you know, the dinner party, the version, dinner party, yeah. the conversations a little bit more. This is the kind of things you talk about at dinner parties. Even the walk into the car and the whole. Can you believe it's getting so dangerous around here? They mug someone in front of a library. And then you have this real conversation that happens when they think they're alone. And there's an authenticity to both of those moments. Because I've been at dinner parties that felt like the former. Yeah. But then sort of the reality when no one else is around and you just let yourself have the conversations that you do when no one else is around to judge you. And you kind of lament and go, forget the part. I just want that hour. Yeah. That hour where I can sit and not be around people. And, and in this case, share share a joint. <laughs> really kind of <laughs> what they wanted, which is in sense is kind of a regression and a wishing they were back out of this formulaic um, before children sanitized still dating kind of like process of the yeah. ju- almost more juvenile and yeah. the reaction on jamie lynn's face when she realizes it's weed they're smoking and then <laughs> the choice for that to be like the one like really significant pan in the whole film i thought it was brilliant i loved it thank you so much um yeah that was one that i was really proud of uh and that was mainly just based out of the deck that uh that's my neighbor's deck uh my old neighbor's deck and because of the way it was built, it was just kind of perfectly set up for that moment. So that actually, I think, was one of the first things we conceptualized, just the idea of Jamie Lynn stuck under this deck with people sitting on top of it and, like, (laughs) the dog right up in her face. (laughs) Yeah, you did great location scouting. And just because, I mean, you have to mention this now, you have to tell them who used to live in that backyard. Oh my gosh, you're right. Um, so there is a small Hollywood connection other than the fact that it was filmed in LA. but uh, And UK connection. Yeah, a UK connection. <laughs> I don't know if you actually, yeah, I guess you see the garage. But um, that garage, there's a, an apartment of, uh, above it. And that's actually where Meghan Markle grew up. That's like, Shut oh, up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, so yeah, there's, there's that very cool connection. <laughs> Maybe I don't want to be a princess anymore. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of exhausted outside of my, my sort of fun ones at the end here. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me have a look here. Um, what is it like um, for both of you obviously doing improv and things um, on stage with live audiences and, and things, then going from that sort of oh. experience going into like filmmaking? Because obviously you don't get immediate reaction. You don't get that kind of vibe of whether people are enjoying it or not because you don't get to find that until months later when it's edited and put out there so how how does that differ and which kind of do you prefer and also if i had to springboard off that when you're on the theater and you're you know you're performing for for the back row as opposed to when you're on camera and actually you could argue you need to be a lot more restrained Mm -hmm. in your performance as a result you know it's interesting you just reminded me of something and alana i i don't know if we've even talked about this since it happened but the the bit when Dan walks Jenny or excuse me, Dave walks Jenny to her car and she kind of awkwardly leaves. And I say like beep, beep, Hong Kong. And like that whole bit of 
pure just insanity was improvised. And I remember the day after we shot that whole like ending segment, I called Alana and I was like, we have to reshoot. I lost my mind (laughs) at the end. And I started improvising crazy talk. Like, I think I didn't even say words. I think I started saying like beep, beep, boop, boop. And I was like, we have to reshoot. Like that can't be the take we use. And I remember Alana was like, that was actually the best. And I want to use that. And I was like, no, this is crazy. Like, I don't (laughs) believe how could I possibly have said something? And looking back on it, I was like, oh, this, this does kind of work. But I remember really doubting myself in the moment. And I was like, well, and perhaps to that thing that you just said, like, I, had an audience been there, maybe I would have known like, this is going to be okay. But in the moment I was like, I've gone insane. I've, <laughs> I've ruined the scene in improvising it. Uh, it's so crazy. That is your experience because mine was completely the opposite. Like, I mean, the crew obviously couldn't make noise as we were filming, but we were getting enough of a reception from them that I felt like I could read what was working and what wasn't. Um, and you, I mean, the fact that you couldn't, was probably just good on them for not making too much noise, but, uh, <laughs> definitely you could feel the vibe of like, oh, this is so funny. And it's not just because it's like two in the morning or whatever. It's, you know, it felt really natural. And Jamie Lynn is amazing at taking that big theater energy that you mentioned and putting it all in her eyes and like all in her face. And it's all, I mean, everyone who has seen it that I've talked to about it has commented on how you're immediately drawn to her, you're connected with her. And that's why it works. Most of all, I think is because you really just root for her. Um, And I think so much of that comedy I could see coming through the monitor as it was happening. But, you know, um, it's hard to feel that when you're in the moment, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I have to nerd out ever so slightly and ask, there's a shot when the Uber is driving away, Jamie Lynn, and you're kind of on your knees reaching out to it. And there's a shot sort of of, of the opposite direction looking at you. The lighting is so well done. I'm, I'm just asking, was, was, was that just like just the world's greatest street lamp or did you actually have to sort of... Yeah, I'm trying to remember how we lived. Wow. We had, um, that was all natural. There was not... Because I was, I was yeah. looking for differences on the reverse cut. Now, and I really think it's the world's greatest street lamp is what you guys got <laughs> That's there. That's a very good point. That's all... Um, who I don't remember how we lived that. Steve didn't have any... like. No, that was all like Steve. Or something. Um, I don't even... I don't think so. There certainly wasn't another light, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. We were lucky to have... Um, uh, a cameraman who's an incredible gearhead and is also just a really talented DP in his own right. And um, between him and our uh, our DP, they found these really beautiful moments in this very boring neighborhood in the middle of like suburban LA. Um, and yeah, I guess it must have been a really good street lamp because I don't think we did use anything else. <laughs> Should have credited that street lamp. <laughs> <laughs> we, him, the street lamp, and Meghan Markle both need credits I'm sorry. <laughs> actually you just reminded me too i think that we were blessed specifically by the lighting gods because i don't expect you to have noticed this but because we watched the edits so many times and um there's a moment at the last moment when jenny collapses in the street a light in one of the houses goes off at the same time that oh, she collapses oh, and it was great. after the fact where we were like holy cow it syncs up perfectly as like she loses steam the light goes out in the window as well and it was like a, oh shit that was a that's very cool very, very have to yeah. watch it again and have a look we had a couple of <laughs> yeah we planned that we planned that <laughs> 
<laughs> Meghan Markle's ready to turn that light yes. off there. <laughs> Um, did you guys run into any logistical problems with the fact that you were using just a public street? Were there takes that were going on that you had to abandon because a car came? Like, I, I grew up in Canada, so we'd be halfway through a game of road hockey, and you go, car, you know, move the nets off, and you bring them all back on. Was, was there an equivalent when you guys were filming this? Literally exactly what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we did get yelled at, sort of borderline yelled at by um, a neighbor, because I think he thought we were more legit than we actually were. Uh, and so we were shooting without permits and we were, we were just shooting in our yard. So really on the street. Um, but we didn't, you know, clear anything with the city. And, uh, I, for whatever reason, like we told him that we were just like a small thing and he seemed fine with that. But I guess people in LA are just so used to being inconvenienced by filming that like, he was just like, no, 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 not having this. <laughs> I just remembered two crazy things. There was the first thing, which is Alana initially wrote um, that there was a Jenny's car was red because you like clockwork. You were like, my neighbor parks their red car here. So I know that when we're ready to film, the red car will be there. And sure enough. <laughs> Yeah, and it was like a fancy, like, red convertible for the idea that, like, she would be leaning on it and be like, oh, yeah, this is my car. It was was supposed to be another visual gag, and it just did not work out. But I remember even, like, it didn't even occur to us to change the, like, we were so sold on that red idea that I remember on the day of, I was, like, reaching out to people on Instagram being like, does anyone have a red car we can use? And then finally we're like, why don't we just change it to be a white car? I was like, (laughs) we were so stuck on it being a red car that we were going to move hell to get a red car until we realize we can just change the script to say white <laughs> that's brilliant i like that <laughs> i also realized just wasn't there like a hostage situation when we were filming remember the helicopters and you found out there was a guy who like oh yes that <laughs> i completely forgot about that um so there was like the second that we filmed there was a lot of overhead disturbance just like a lot of helicopters and it was kind of weird but we were like it's fine it's you know we're getting through the takes it's no big deal and then truly like the next day or like the monday that followed this weekend um the apartment across the street from mine got raided by a SWAT team they shut down the entire neighborhood it was just like a fully like uh executed police operation um and if that had happened while we were filming we would have been completely out of luck if it had happened two days later or earlier we would have been completely screwed (laughs) that's amazing i mean i filmed when i was at uni in liverpool we did that um music video then and a lot of that was shot in the streets and things there and it was all kind of 60s based so we're all in these like massive hairdos dresses heels doing this music video and then suddenly we have to stop and get out of the street because the car's there because they're not used to it are like just beeping and going nope we're coming through no matter what we were doing so we'd be dancing in the middle of the street ready for a take and go uh yeah no car move quickly (laughs) it was it was and it was freezing because it was october here and we're all just in these like 60s stuff it was liverpool in october is not it's not nice it's not warm no, <laughs> no definitely what, not what day was it a musical a, a... yes it was a um it was like a, it was a, a music video. Music. yeah it was a music video but it was for a musical um that's i think still kind of in process so the guy who oh. we were at uni with did a it was called m i think it's about the 60s in liverpool so um yeah we got to shoot in like the wow. cavern club and stuff where the beatles went which was very very cool wow yeah. but yeah as you do, so yeah, as you do. But yeah, I, we almost got run over several times during that shoot. <laughs> um, what are you guys doing now? 
what's next? What's 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 on the horizon? Good question. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I don't actually know. I'm sort of between things right now, so I'm figuring it out. Okay. Well, I will say, Alana, we are we are working on another project. Oh, are we talking about that? We can. You can be cryptic. Okay. It's okay. We can we can play the whole. Oh, tell us more. You go. Well, it's not quite ready yet. <laughs> no, we're, we're, you we are really good at sort of asking those questions and just being frustrated by the answers. <laughs> uh, no, I mean this is just a work in progress. We're working on developing a musical together about uh, Mary Toft, uh, the woman who gave birth to rabbits in England in 1720s, uh, and that's been a lot of fun and a completely different direction for us. That sounds amazing. <laughs> You glossed over. I'm looking at Ian's face. She yep. glossed over the. She's like, did you say what? it was? Uh, she's a woman who gave birth to rabbits. You didn't. Okay, you okay. I, I didn't hear that correctly. Okay. <laughs> you said it very fast, and I was like, wait, did he? He's like, did I hear that? Right? <laughs> You're not familiar with that one. No, I'm not. <laughs> I forget that that is a very weird thing. To yeah. Know. Wow. As exciting. You go to some fun places with that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, that's outstanding. Um, what we do here on the pod uh, is we usually finish by comparing the film we just watched to a, a chocolate bar of our choice because we call it fun size films because like fun size candy bars, if you will. Do you guys have a favorite chocolate? You guys call them candy bars in the States, of course, but do you have a favorite uh, a favorite candy bar? A favorite candy bar I'm going to lead this question into that next question. So I'm just going to start oh, with just, just like Bob Standard. What's your favorite candy bar? These are the hard-hitting questions you get here. Does Reese's count? I mean, it's not yeah. technically a bar, but it's like in a bar. And it's mini, bar. so absolutely, yeah, mini size. It's fine. If you just get the one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, they're big, but like. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, no, yeah, no, a, Reese count, a Reese counts, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't have to come in a fun size per se. Just It's just, yeah, a little, a little <laughs> lazy link. Uh, Jamie Lynn? Refrigerator now. Um, you know, I have to say the Milky Way Midnight, the dark chocolate with the nougat Ooh. and the caramel. Mm-hmm. I don't have that here. No, but it, sound, it sounds like a Mars bar, but with like darker chocolate yeah. and lighter nugget. Over here, they do not get the whole Reese thing, which is totally on them because I love Reese. And I don't like peanut butter. People really? in this country don't like peanut butter. It's the strangest thing. And the I, idea I of chocolate and peanut pieces. butter together are like, I don't get that. I don't mind Reese's pieces because oh, they're okay. just like slightly, slightly salty smarties. Yeah, so M and M's. M and M's. Yeah, not, not yeah. 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 <laughs> candy candy conversions or, or translations. Smarties. Smarties have I like the colors of Smarties. You have a nice light blue smart and pink. Oh, do you guys have Smarties? Oh, okay. Are I they oh, cuz I think the Smarties are also weren't they like little what we have as Yeah, I don't know what to call them. They're like chalky and you twist them yeah, and they're like little hockey little, puck almost yeah, little yeah. things. Very yeah. tart. Yeah. Like sweet sweet oh, tart. Sweet tart. Yeah. I uh, kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. So you have I, wine gum, which are great. Oh, wine gums are fantastic. Gums. I don't like the texture. Oh, I love a wine gum. No. <laughs> you have very boring tastes. Um, <laughs> and then, so I kind of went, just to share a little bit, when, when we sort of, what, what candy bar or chocolate bar reminds us of the movie we watched. Yeah. Mine was, because the whole film's kind of based around, you know, age appropriateness. So we have this chocolate bar that's like, it's like regular dairy milk chocolate, but they put in like popping candy jelly and like beans. jelly beans and like, yeah, basically it's just like you just went to like the bulk food section of your local, uh, the candy section of your local bulk food store and just jammed a bunch of stuff that Inside you're really, the chocolate. you know, because men don't like eat 
they don't go to those little men like don't eat marshmallows. Men don't eat marshmallows or things like that. <laughs> so you but you put them together, it's sort of socially acceptable to have this chocolate bar. So that was what your film reminded me of. Um, just a thing is is there, is there a chocolate bar or candy bar that sort of uh, you could link to your own film here? Asking the philosophical questions, obviously. Here. Yes. <laughs> My toughest question is the last one. <laughs> I have. Oh, I have one more question. That's good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there's. I don't know. Really... I'm trying to like maybe like a Twix. A Twix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I don't have like a good reason for why. It's just a you know. A... I'll I'll yes and that, Alana. I feel like yeah. a Twix because it's like two for me, none for you, and Jenny ends up in like a none for you. She's not really getting. She's like on her own with this. Mm. So you know, going yeah, off of that, <laughs> and yet she feels the freedom, and actually, you could say she's got the better life there. Maybe she's got the two for. That's what I was going to say. I think she thinks she's getting none, but in the end, she ends up with both. Absolutely. Or maybe a completely different candy bar, and she realizes that she didn't It's much better. She didn't need all. the Twix. <laughs> no. I like that interpretation. The idea that Twix is running second place to anybody here. It's uh, yeah. She doesn't need the Twix. She doesn't need to share her life with another stick. She oh. can go off and uh, have whatever yes, she wants. Yes, Georgia. <laughs> there we are. Yes. And she didn't even like chocolate in the first place. She's fine with her jelly beans. <laughs> Put oh, me into dear. a prefabricated model. No. <laughs> That's what I do with you. Yeah. I break out with a prefabricated model. Uh, and on that note, uh, you've got you've got our final question, I think. Here. I do have one final question, yeah, and that is did Dan ever get his trousers and top back? Thank you for asking. That's, this is the question we should be ending on. So it's funny because I was going to bring this up, but I was like, that no one cares about that. When you were like, were there any snafus with production? I still have his shirt and pants. (laughs) And in fact, I sent him a text message. We have, this has been an ongoing joke for what is this now? Two years where Dan and I will text each other and like he has kids. So he's been very careful about the pandemic and like not like wanting to obviously get it um, as we all have. But he especially was just like, I don't know, like when this time is going to be right to get together. And finally we are meeting this Tuesday (laughs) to get the shirt and pants back. So truly your timing with this interview could not be (laughs) amazing. Full circle. It feels like the real ending to this film. (laughs) Then the film is over. Yes. Yeah. So this is premiere week. Amazing. Oh, right, I'm thinking it's final. not even the clothes he actually wore in the shoot, is it? It was just other other cop- costume options. Other costume options. And, you know, because Dan is just a cheeky little shit, he brought a pig fart shirt yes. as an option. <laughs> and so it's actually, it's a pig farts is a reference to the Harry Potter shows from t- truly 12 years ago. And Dan was brought it as an option just to be a little piece of shit, um, as, <laughs> which we love about Dan. And so it's it's a freaking pig pig shirt pig fart shirt and pair of jeans that were never worn, which is a, obviously a play on Hogwarts from the Harry Potter musicals. Indeed. It's well, a stretch. What was the joke? Pig farts. Pig farts is Hogwarts. Yeah, like okay. it's the it's the. I got it. Yeah, are we there? Okay. <laughs> no, you, I've seen it all. Ian, I think, has only seen Trail to Oregon and Twisted and things. So. Yeah, I love both of those, though. Yeah. I'll say that, yeah. It's all right. It's Dan just doing a cruel joke. Because <laughs> I've had his pants and shirt this whole time. So. Brilliant. That's amazing. Do you want to bring it on? I, no. Okay, then I'll do it. <laughs> um, we couldn't be happier to have spent about almost 45 minutes. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for um, just 
I don't know, being being open and talking about about, about your film. Uh, it, it's been it's been a ridiculously enjoyable experience for the for the two of us. Absolutely. Uh, it, uh, I, I teach film kind of on the side. Jeez, no, no it's, your job. it's my day job. Uh, <laughs> I teach film, and so it, it's fun to look at these things and and kind of put my sort of thoughts behind it but to talk to people who actually are responsible for making those decisions and finding out why they made those decisions and and sort of showing the side that you know when we're on the when we're on the viewing perspective we don't get to see the whole picture and so any sort of extra illumination we get is just incredibly incredibly fun so thank you so much for being so generous with your time and uh wow i guess is all i gotta say there yeah <laughs> yes yeah, so should we for talking to us you ask such great questions well, thank you. I've, I mean, it's been an absolute pleasure. And I mean, I, I spoke to Jamie not long ago when we were on one of the tea parties on the Patreon. And it was just, I've said it before, but to get to actually speak to people that you've watched their stuff for so yeah. long and those sorts of things and to be able to then collaborate on something that we're doing is, it blows my mind every time. Yeah. So yeah, it was, oh, we had Sean Passard not long ago when he was in Mank and those sorts of things. So yeah, to get to do those things with you guys is is incredible yeah, yeah. thank it's, you thank you for taking the time out it's, it's yeah. amazing Just a well we appreciate it because you i mean you both at, at separate points today really you 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 understood and i feel like you got to depth of the film that we didn't even realize was there and so that's always appreciative to have people that are are really watching it and looking for stuff um just deeper than even what we can think of so we appreciate that that's a, a great gift as an audience as well thanks thanks for listening to our stories and yeah, you guys are the dumbest people we ever got to have. Hey. <laughs> hey, we'll take that. Take that. Junket <laughs> member number one. <laughs>